listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. Hello and welcome to another episode of Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media. All Houston, all original. I am one of your hosts, Lashara Binkley. You can find me on Space City Scoop as a contributor. I'm also a director of basketball operation for Overtime Heroics. You can find me on Twitter at HTownForLifeAll40. And I'm your second host, Britt, co-host of Steph Bass Sisterhood and also contributor at the Launchpad podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Britt Robatista. Be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at Apollo HOU, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you you listen to your podcast we would greatly appreciate it so Britt, it's been a while since um the launchpad podcast itself has been on and it's been a, a really good reason for that uh this is our first official uh launchpad podcast under apollo media and we're definitely excited to be part of uh the apollo media family and apollo uh podcast network um like i said this is the, the very first one for us um there's some very big things coming for the Launchpad podcast. Um, all the different uh, writers and different contributors for Clearly, we're very happy to be joining along with Apollo uh, Media. I've been following them for a while, even before we found out we were merging, just because of the great videos they made, the great content that they've been pushing out for a very long time. So uh, definitely excited to be part of it. I'm definitely happy to be part of the group and uh, definitely ready for some big things for all of us involved in this uh, new venture. Yeah, I'm definitely excited as well. I also have been following them since they have been covering the Houston Astros extremely well, as well as some of the skits that they've done with the Houston Texans in some of the drama that is associated with them. Uh, so I am very excited that we're joining Apollo Media as part of you know, their new podcasting branch. Yes, and, and another great thing that Apollo Media does is they always give back to the community because they are um, a Houston media company, which is another great thing, something you don't uh, get to see a lot. Um, and one of the things that they're going to be doing for all the people that were affected by the storm this past week is um, something they actually already started. They, they started a fundraiser um, where they're raising money for um, just everyday essential things that people may need that were affected by the storm, people that are here in the Houston area and surrounding areas, um, which is a definitely a great thing. They have a 24 hour live um, streaming event coming up soon um, this Saturday with a lot of different special guests. Um, can't name them yet, but you're definitely gonna be <laughs> excited when you find out who they are. Um, also, if you want to donate now, you can. Um, you can do it on the Apollo uh, HOU website. Um, you can also do it um, through PayPal, which is at paypal.me uh, forward slash Apollo HOU. You can do it well, through Cash App, which is um, dollar sign Apollo HOU, and through Venmo, which is at Apollo HOU. So there's many different ways you can contribute and you know, help out your fellow Houstonians. And it's definitely a great cause. And we're all just, you know, excited and happy that we're able to help in, you know, any way that we can. So definitely keep that in mind and definitely contribute. Um, even if you can't do it with money, just help us get the word out. 
And again, remember, starting this weekend, they have a, a big streaming event coming up with a lot of different special guests. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, and as far as today's topics are concerned, uh, we do <laughs> we still, do still have our basketball team here in Houston, even though they've been struggling. There's still plenty to talk about. And in the first segment, we're going to kind of go over the last, uh, not every single game, but we're going to kind of give our impressions of the last, unfortunately, eight-game um, losing streak that the Rockets have been on. We're going to talk about that in segment one. Um, we're also going to be talking about uh, whether we think Coach Salas is doing a good job, um, talk about some of the positive and possibly negative things that um, we've seen from Coach uh, Salas' uh, coaching debut this year. Uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, some other general things like the DeMarcus Cousins um, news that came out today that we actually kind of been hearing about the last few days. We're going to go over that. Um, also talk about Christian Wood um, and him being snubbed from the All-Star game. Uh, we'll be talking about in the second segment. And in the third segment, we're actually going to be talking about some of our listeners and followers, uh, some of their questions and trades that they gave us. And we'll be talking about that in the third segment. So, uh, Britt, so let's let's start off with, unfortunately, uh, the bad news, which has been the last eight games uh, that the Rocks have lost. Um, they haven't won since early February, um, and that was actually uh, the last time Christian Wood played. So what's kind of been some of your overall thoughts on the last eight games? Um, we've had a lot of injuries, a lot of players in and out. What's kind of been your overall impression of the last uh, eight games for the Rockets? It has been the last couple of weeks really frustrating. A lot of the same things that we've talked about on this show before we went on our slight hiatus, um, as well as you know just things that have been happening the entire season have accumulated to this losing streak. They have not had a consistent rotation. Christian Wood got hurt, you know, pretty early on, like you mentioned, during the losing streak. And since then, they haven't been able to get their bearings. Um, what also has impacted it is that they played a lot of really good teams, or at least teams that are a lot better than the composition of the Rockets at this point. Um even I think even with Christian Wood, they probably would have been able to win a couple of games. Um, maybe more recently, you know, of I'm looking at the list of games right now, if my phone will work for me, but essentially the Rockets have just been through the ringer when it comes to who they played as well as the timing that they played. Um, unlike most teams, the Rockets have not had a break. They essentially been playing every other day. Um, they've been playing, you know, hard, like a hard schedule. Um, let me look at the last eight games. So it started yeah. with the Spurs who have been playing decent. Um, the they uh, them, they played the Hornets, who have been playing pretty well. Yeah. The Pelicans, who have turned turned it around. The Heat, who went on a winning streak right after they won with the Rockets. The Knicks, who have been playing well, and Tom Thibodeau has been you know um, coaching them extremely well. The Wizards, who actually went on a brief winning streak after that, um, they played. And then the last game, um, they 
uh, lost against the 76ers, although that was a relatively close game. Oh, before the two postponed games because of the winter storms, yeah. um, they played the 76ers, and that was a pretty close game. And I think if Christian Wood was available, we that probably could have been even closer. Um, and then um, last night, as a or it's Tuesday when we're recording this, so Monday night, um, the game versus the Bulls, which was another blowout, although um, I did watch part of it. Uh, not last night, but this morning as I was doing some work and I did see that the bulls were not missing anything. So maybe that, yeah. So it's like a mixture of just like tough luck and not having a good rotation to, um, or a good consistent rotation for the team. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's kind of, it's, it's a mixture of things. Like you said, it's the injuries without Christian Wood. And and I know people, since I say this, uh, they always say, well, Victor Odebo wasn't playing well anyway, but he's still a starter and he still can give you quality minutes at times. So, I mean, it's still a big loss for a team that's kind of devoid of, of I won't say talent, but devoid of um, proven players. Um, so, I mean, not having a Victor Oladipo is kind of like a big, huge hole in your lineup because then you're having to move up other players that aren't used to playing a lot of minutes. And then you factor into Marcus Cousins, um, them deciding not to play him. It's just been a lot of different things. And like you said, some of the teams they played, I mean, when before this eight-game losing streak, you were thinking, well, the Wizards will be an easy win. That's not the case. The Knicks aren't an easy win this year. The Heat, like you said, they were on a four or five game winning streak um, right around the time they were playing the Rockets. The Spurs are first in the division. The Hornets, uh, surprisingly, are probably one of the funnest teams in the league to watch when they're not playing the Rockets um, in the (laughs) league. So, and then you factor in the 76ers, even though I think that game uh, Ben Simmons didn't play, but Joel Embiid is like a top three MVP candidate right now. So you you have to factor all that in. And then the Rockets missing, which I guess we can kind of say now. I I went kind of back and forth on whether this was true, but you can kind of say now that Christian Wood is their most important player, <laughs> even though John Wall is still important. But Christian Wood is just factors into so much of the offense and the defense. Um, you can just tell the big hole that he's left and um, him not being out there. So it's just a, several factors that came into them losing eight games in a row. Um, but I will say there's one silver lining. They play in a team, well, at least up until tonight, because the Cavs are playing tonight. They just lost 10 in a row. They're playing them tomorrow on the back-to-back. So something has to give in that game. So <laughs> if they're ever going to win any game, they have the Cavs two out of the next four games. That's going to be their two ch- uh, chances to get a win before the All-Star break. Because, um, of course, the last game before the All-Star break is against James Harden and the Brooklyn Nets, which that's going to be a whole separate uh, entity in itself. So... They uh, these next couple of games are against the Cavs are going to be their best chance to end this eight game losing streak um, because you have the Raptors who are also playing a lot better than they were at the beginning of the year. And then the Grizzlies, who, you know, whether they're up and down, they still have a lot of talent. Um, so uh, we'll see hopefully tomorrow. But as is looking, Eric Gordon may be out again tomorrow. He's questionable, and Victor Oladipo is still questionable, and they've already released DeMarcus Cousin, which we'll talk more about that in the second segment. So it's definitely a um, it's definitely a trying time for the Rockets, um, but uh, I think at this point it's more evaluating the talent that they do have, um, and we'll just kind of see how the second half plays out. But yeah, right now, like you said, it's it's been a struggle. Yeah, and I think maybe the most disappointing thing is that. Um, and, and someone, and I 
completely forgot who mentioned this on Twitter, so I apologize, but they mentioned that, you know, I think a lot of the expectations that we've had have been based on the, you know, decade, close to a decade of success until this season. So, and there are a few teams that can actually say that they have had this much success. So to go essentially to a, you know, a second round um, loss to essentially, you know, potentially being out of the playoffs, which it seems like it's trending that way since we are now in the bottom four and maybe able to pick, keep our pick if, if things stayed the same, of course, you can't say that right now since we're not even halfway in the season yet, but I think it's just setting expectations and getting used to what's going on right now. Um, And that's pretty rough for a lot of folks, including myself. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've, I've unfortunately lived through the one of the worst rocket seasons in history the year before they drafted Yao. And going through a season where the team has no chance of making the playoffs, not to say that that's happening this year. We don't know yet. But like you said, it's trending that way. It's, it's nothing fun about that, having to wait for a draft pick. And that year before they drafted Yao, at least the Rockets knew they were like the worst team in the league and they had their pick regardless. So, they already knew exactly who they're going to draft, so you kind of already had a feeling. Um, but with this year, they only have like a little over a fifty percent chance of keeping that. If they're the fourth worst team, a fifty-two percent chance of even keeping that pick. So that's kind of scary, honestly. If you go through a whole season of bad basketball and not winning, and then you don't even keep your pick on top of that, that's definitely not a good combination. So um, we. You know, it's it's still a chance they can still kind of turn around. It all it all really comes down to Christian Wood, and it all comes down to what they're going to do with the rest of their roster, which we're going to kind of talk about that more in the first segment. So, I think the expectations started the season should be totally different than what the expectations are now, because of course, when you started the season, you had James Harden still on your roster, and with no Harden, it's a totally different situation. And I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about here. That's one of the things we're going to talk about here in the second segment is um, kind of the expectations that were going on and tell them the expectations going on now and how that affects how we see, um, how we feel about whether Coach Talis has done a good enough job or not on, on the coaching side of it. Um, so we'll kind of discuss that in the second segment. So please stick around. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. And we're back at the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on your favorite podcast vendors such as iTunes, Spotify, or any anywhere else. So this segment, we wanted to talk more about the team specifically or specific individuals. Um, I won't necessarily say players because the first one, person that we're going to talk about is Steven Silas. Uh, especially on Twitter, there has been a lot of I guess the nicest way is to say controversy about mm-hmm. Silas and how he is performing as a first year coach for the Houston Rockets, especially during this eight game skid. Um, Lushard, what are your thoughts about, you know, some of the comments, especially the ones saying that he should be fired or they should look for another coach? So I'll start off with that's crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 29 games into the season. You don't fire 
pretty much any coach 29 games into a NBA season. It's just it it doesn't make much sense, especially when you factor in he started this he, before he even got hired. He thought he was going to have Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Then Westbrook won it out, and then James Harden won it out. Your franchise second best player in franchise history won it away, won it off the team. So he had to deal with that. Then he had to deal with a shortened training camp, which yes, other teams had to deal with that as well. But he's a first-time coach having to deal with that on top of the James Harden drama. And then you have to also factor in all the players that's been in and out, has been hurt. Um, they've had a lot. They had to deal with the whole, the, you know, the, the issues with COVID at the beginning of the year with John Wall and several other players. And then you um, factor in, um, like I said, with Christian Wood has been out a couple of times. John Wall has been in and out of the lineup. It's it's just been a a, a whole big diff, a whole mess of of different issues that he's had to deal with, and reason why I also say it's crazy because there's a reason why they went on a six game winning streak. Also it's because of, you know, coach Silas and how he was coaching when he had a full roster. So to say now that he shouldn't, he should be fired or he's doing a horrible job. It's just kind of, I don't know how you can do that with, without giving him at least a full season to actually implement everything. And he wants to implement it with the players that he knows going to be here. So I just think it's crazy to want him be to want him fired after 29 games. Um, of course, it's individual things and games you may can criticize him for, like, for instance, playing P.J. Tucker more than he should or playing um, House more than he should. But at, at this point, exactly who exactly should, who he should be playing other than Tucker and House. Yep. They don't really have anybody else to play on the roster because they're either hurt or they're no longer with the team. So it's just he's, he's kind of stuck in a situation where he's just coaching what he has. I mean, it doesn't really matter what type of coach you are. I mean, you saw when Steve Kerr last year, when he didn't have his players, he went from the, one of the greatest coaches of all time to a team not even making the playoffs. So you've got to actually have good players to actually be a good coach. I mean, that's just – I mean, I know people may want to say Popovich, but even Popovich, you know, doesn't always win if he doesn't have at least, you know, decent players. I mean, the Rockets right now probably have – and, you know, John Wall is playing, you know, pretty well. But then you have other players that are more more of a role players um, fit in on a really good team, not really players that's going to take you to the next level by themselves. So without Christian Woods, you can't really judge how he's coaching, at least, in, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. And I just don't want to necessarily, you know, give the or that argument any credence i know that there's some well named or well-known um rocket fans on yes. nba or on rocket twitter and i won't name names but who are saying it but uh, i mean bottom line is that I, I don't like you said i you i can't think of any coach who is able to consistently win games when there is not a consistent rotation um, it would be one thing if the entire rotation was available and they were still losing a ton of games. Um, I mean, the T Wolves just fired their, you know, right Ryan Saunders, but he got a full season at least before he was fired. Like that, that's the difference between what's happening in this case with Silas and what's happening like in the T Wolves where they did fire, um, their coach and, you know, mysteriously brought in someone else but uh, this isn't a t-wolves podcast um 
but uh, essentially I am just taking a wait and see approach. Uh, there's definitely things on the court that could be improved on the rotations, like you mentioned, and, you know, playing certain players longer than needed, such as Tucker, um, such as Daniel house um, and a few others, you know, those are things that probably need to be addressed, but uh, I mean, I feel like I'm echoing what you're saying. Like, who can we replace them with if half of the team is unavailable or in the G League currently? Um, it, it's just really silly ar- arguments. So I'm going to plead with some folks to please, like, sort of simmer down when it comes to it. Like, patience. yes, there's definitely <laughs> patience and simmer down. There's definitely room for improvement. I, I don't think either one of us are saying that there isn't. But at the same time, until they have a, you know, a reasonable rotation for more than two games at a time, um, it's probably worth just waiting and seeing what happens, especially in the second half of the season. That isn't to say that they will make the playoffs. I think at this point, that's going to be a very hard thing to do, but at least we can see them improve once we have more um, players in the rotation and some of the G League guys are returning um, sometime in March. Yeah, and Okay, I, I will say one thing about one thing he definitely can improve on. And again, he's a first year coach. I know he's been in the league for 20 plus years, but he's this is his first year as an actual full time NBA head coach. So, I mean, he can definitely improve on when a, one particular player or particular players are having a really good game, definitely writing it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think that it's a respect thing with this, for instance, with PJ Tucker. I think that. They, the Rockets organizations respects him so much that it's, it's hard for them sometimes to actually get past the past with Tucker and see that, well, he's not really helping the team. And also it's just a matter of they, they could just be keeping him in longer, just trying to keep his trade value up. Um, because mm-hmm. if you stick him on the bench or you, you make him a sixth or seventh man, then maybe his trade value goes down. I mean, I don't know about that point, but that could also factor into it. But um, like you said, it's not really too much you can go into it because it's this his first year and it's not even halfway through his first year. So I would just preach patience and looking at the bigger picture when it comes to Coach Silas and giving it more time before you make absolute statements like he should be fired. So I'll just say mm. that and I guess I would <laughs> leave that Silas point at, at that for me. Yep. And I related to rotations. One of the people who are now um, who has now left the rotation and left the Rockets, in fact, is DeMarcus Cousins. Um, Quick recap for folks who haven't seen this. Cousins was guaranteed a contract. I think it was on Friday or Saturday. My days are always getting foggy, especially with the pandemic still going on. Um, And then the next day or the day after, maybe on Monday, so yesterday. um, Well, no, it's been a while since, it's been a couple of days since Cousins said that they were going to be um, either releasing him or being traded. But essentially, Yeah, but essentially Cousins was announced that he was going to after right after he was guaranteed the contract the next day he um, it was discussed that he will be waived or traded. Um, And then as of today, we now know that he is now being waived. So I, I have gained a lot of respect for Cousins. I think he definitely provided a lot of needed commentary after 
um, Harden said his comments that he did and then was traded. Um, and I think for, you know, even though he's had c- very much, you know, valid issues when it comes to his, um, you know, his um, fitness as well as just the way that he's, pl- that he's playing currently. Um, it's, it, I think he definitely if he was, if we had Christian Wood the entire time and he was playing backup, it would probably help. But since he was playing starter, it was just very apparent that it he just didn't fit the um, the team, or at least not at this time. Mushard, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, so it's kind of a, I think it's, it's a situation where uh, when Cousin was first brought in, the team was thinking they are a, if not a championship contending team, at least a team that can at least, you know, get to a, a second round game, you know, when Harden was here. And it, it you know, once Harden was gone and the team started to lose, I think it got to the point where I think it's a mutual thing with Cousins and the Rockets where they saw we're more in a rebuilding phase and Cousins is towards the end of his career and we want to try to get in more younger players, just, you know, evaluate how they're going to do like a Justin Patton. Um, and see what they can do um, instead of, you know, continue to play Cousins 20, 25 minutes a game and knowing that he's really is, – it's really best for him to be on a team that's com- uh, competing in the playoffs. So I think they both kind of came to the, the same conclusion that it's just best that he move on to another team. I don't think it's any ill will. I know there were reports on, you know, on social media and, you know, uh, from different – uh, media outlets, you know, specifically Tim McMahon, that Cousins wanted a bigger role and that he wasn't happy backing up Christian Wood, which, in my opinion, doesn't really make much sense considering he was actually playing majority of the time because Wood has been out for you know a while now, and pretty much any contending team he goes to, he's probably not going to be starting, and if he does, he's not going to be playing thirty minutes a game. So, um, and we 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 saw a separate report saying that Cousins stated that he never he definitely was um, not unhappy about the situation that that had nothing to do with it. So um, we don't really, you know, know where they got the sources from saying he was unhappy. But my, basically my point is, I think it's really best both for the Rockets and and, and Cousins that um, they part ways because honestly, after this year, the Rockets probably weren't going to resign him anyway because um, they could possibly sign him for the minimum, but there's a chance that Cousins may be looking for more, whether he gets her or not, I don't know. But it's just a, a situation where it's just best for both uh, sides to part ways and move on. Yeah, and I think the other thing, too, is that for folks who thought that he would potentially be able to be used for a trade, um, I had some sort of expectation about that as well. But I think that the Rockets probably did some due diligence on it and realized that a lot of teams would just wait until he was through the waiver um claims and get him for a lot less since the Rockets will be on the hook for part of his contract as a result. Um, So they, you know, essentially said that they weren't interested in trading cousins. So, I mean, this is all speculation on my part, but that's essentially what I'm thinking is that the Lakers who don't really have much um, room, well, they have room now since they released a few people from what I've heard as well as um, they, but they don't have the picks or additional players that the Rockets would want, um, which would be young players who would be capable of, you know, sustaining the Rockets into the future. Uh, it At this point, 
the Rockets probably realized that, hey, we weren't going to get much or or anything when it came to the um, Cousins trade and I, I or the Cousins um, situation and then released him. And I think the really nice thing um, that we have to keep in mind is they did um, guarantee, fully guarantee his contract. So he will be paid yes. in full. So just in case he doesn't uh, land on a roster, which I, I think isn't, a, I think it's not a big possibility at this point. Cause I, I definitely think the Lakers are likely the contender for him, um, especially since he was on the Lakers previously before um, he got hurt last year, which hopefully that won't happen again. Um, but I, I think um, if it doesn't happen for whatever reason, he'll at least be um, get some, you know, get uh, at least a um, okay contract. Um, although it doesn't make up for the millions of dollars that you lost because of all the injuries that he's sustained at this point. Yeah, and I, and I think the Lakers are a really good bet because they're even with um, Anthony Davis when he does come back, they're still uh, struggling at the center position. Marcus Hall can only play so many minutes, and they they. I mean, they still have, they do have Montrez Harrell, but again, he's more of a power forward slash center that can, you know, play center every once in a while. So I think that that's a good possibility that they bring Cousin in. I've heard some people say the Nets, but I don't think that really fixes their biggest problem, which is defense. Mm. Um, so I don't know if that necessarily makes sense. But yeah, I think some contending team will try to bring them in. And like I said, that's why the report didn't make any sense because. Even if the Lakers were to bring him in, I don't really think he's starting over Marcus Hall. I think he still would be a uh, more of a you know third or second or third person off the bench. So um, it, it would probably be a few teams that are interested in him. But it, I think, like I said, it was just best for both sides just to move on. And now the Rockets can um, see what they have in a player like Patton, who actually had a, a pretty good game considering um, this was his first. Um, game of the uh, NBA game of the year. Um, he had a, a three or four blocks, um, played some de- pretty decent defense. So I think you'll see a lot more of him, especially um, until Christian Wood comes back. So mm-hmm. uh, I think the Rockets are kind of, like I said, in a, a rebuild phase. And I, I just think that I, I want to ask you real quick before we end this second segment, what is your thoughts on Kevin Porter Jr. and like a, a, a Kenny Martin Jr.? possibly coming up sooner rather than later. So I think for um, KJ Martin, he's probably someone that could be coming up sooner than later. Um, But like I mentioned on Twitter, and of course I'm like wrong half the time, so you shouldn't necessarily listen to me. But on Twitter, I mentioned that the, this season, the G League being in the bubble, it's not going to be a, you know, most of the year thing. They're going to be done by um, mid-March, I think at the latest. Um, And, depending on and I think depending on the Viper standings they probably won't go further than you know um, I think a single game yeah (laughs) they may not even get into the playoffs but at least um but the playoffs are single game and elimination so they'll be done by you know at latest the end of um mid-March or the end of March so when it comes to I, I don't think it's worse especially since it's trending towards being a developmental season and then also the halfway point of the season and the last games of the season um, of the first half of the season are you know happening in the next week or so I, I don't think it's worth bringing them up 
Um, as for Kevin Porter Jr., um, I absolutely love how he's playing. It seems, I mean, he's doing a lot of the things that are reminiscent of um, a young, you know, certain someone who's currently on the Nets. Um, I, I wouldn't even say <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that. I won't even say his name, but. Uh, I, I think the reason why the Rockets aren't bringing him up especially is because of the um, previous situation that he had with Cleveland. I mean, the reason why they're doing this slow row with him is because um, he had a lot of um, issues, um, yes. you know, personal issues off the court um, when he was on or when he was playing for the Cavs. And that's why they traded him for essentially nothing anyway. So I think for I think everyone should just keep calm about it. Uh, I, I guess that's the theme of today's episode. Just keep calm um, and the and be patient about what's going on. And they'll eventually be up here. Um, you shouldn't necessarily assume that um, Porter Jr. is going to play, but um, I think eventually they'll come up after the G League season. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably going to be best because another thing they have mentioned, they're trying to get uh, Kevin Porter Jr. used to running as uh, a primary ball handler. They have him exclusively run as a point guard in um, in all of their G League games so far. So I think they're trying to work that in. And I think it's also going to factor in around a trade deadline because I think the end of the G League season and the trade deadline are kind of around the same time. Um, so like you said – the way their record's looking, they're probably not going to be in in the. I'm not exactly. I can't remember exactly sure how their playoffs is going to work, but the way their record's looking, they're probably not going to be playing too deep into March. Um, so it's probably going to work around the same time as their trade deadlines, and I think that's when you really start to see the Rockets go really heavy into the youth movement. I think by that time, Oladipo will probably be traded. PJ Tucker will probably be traded. Possibly Eric Gordon, just because his value is so high. Not necessarily because he's playing bad. He's actually playing really well. But this is probably the highest his value is going to be, honestly, for the rest of his career. So you're looking at three of your big minute uh, players are probably going to be gone by trade deadline. So that would probably be the best time to bring up uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and Keenan Martin Jr. just to see what they're going to give you for the rest of the year. Um, so it's definitely going to be an interesting um, time at the end of March with the G League ending and the trade deadline coming in. So I think we'll get a better uh, idea of where the season headed by that point because by then Christian Wood would hopefully have been back and playing for a while and staying healthy because he did say that it's a possibility he could be back before the All-Star break, which would be actually in the next few games, but we'll kind of wait and see on that. Um, that's going to wrap it up for the second segment. And in the third segment, we're going to actually be talking about you, our listeners and followers, we're going to be answering some of your trade questions and some of the just the general questions that you uh, sent us uh, through Twitter. Uh, we'll be discussing that and giving our opinions on the different uh, trade ideas. So please stick around. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU. All Houston, all original. We're back for the third and final segment for the Launchpad podcast presented by Apollo Media. And uh, Britt, so in this last segment, we're going to actually be going over some of the our, our followers and um, listeners' questions. 
um, some trade questions, and also just some general questions that we're going to answer in this final segment. So uh, what's one? Uh, what's the first question we have? Yep. And um, thank you all for giving us some questions. We definitely appreciate it. Um, the first one that we have is from David at David Marin 19. His, uh, David's question is, Victor Oladipo, and of course this is a trade question since the Rockets, of course, are the fourth worst record in the NBA. Um, Victor Oladipo and P.J. Tucker for Danny Green, um, with, uh, who would serve as a salary filler, and Tyrese Maxey. What you think? I'm looking at the trade now. Tyrese Maxey has a lot of upside. Um, that's uh, definitely – uh, would be a good thing because that's kind of what the Rocks are looking for is players with, you know, high upside at a, a lower price. But um, if you're giving up a Victor Oladipo and a P.J. Tucker, um, I know, you know, Danny Green also, but like you said, that's more of a salary filler. If you're giving up both players, I know Victor Oladipo's stock or trade stock has kind of went down this year because he's had a really up and down, mostly down lately season. <laughs> and, um, of course, P.J. Tucker – but I think honestly, PJ Tucker, you can almost just trade PJ Tucker in a whole separate trade because I think a contender is really going to be looking at a PJ Tucker as a player that, um, even though he struggled with the Rockets this year, he's a perfect player for a contending team. He's a player that you need that not going to, you know, need a lot of shots. He's not going to really have to be involved in the offense, but he's going to kind of give you everything else you need as far as, um, hustle plays as far as playing, you know, defense, guarding one through five positions. So I think um, in this case, like I said, Maxi is a, a really good player that, you know, can only get better as the years go on because he's still really early in his career. But I think in this case, you can honestly trade a P.J. Tucker in a whole separate trade and give him more assets. Um, and then just also just trade a Victor Oladipo who, like I said, his trade value may be down, but there's still teams out there that may think that, well, maybe in a different situation, Victor Oladipo would be a lot better than he was with the Rockets. So um, I would, like I said, prefer them kind of be in separate trades and kind of get even more assets um, in two different trades. Yeah, and I think the one positive when it comes to Maxi is that I'm looking at his info now i didn't realize he was 20 years old so yes. he is very young like you just mentioned um the only thing is like his height unless he can play some um point guard i, I haven't really seen him do that too much for the sixers right now but the other thing too is that he um can be a sniper at times when it comes to his shooting stroke and um with his age i think he could be pretty a pretty reasonable addition to the team. Um, the question is if the Rockets want to have a four-year contract um, that sort of matches, uh, it doesn't necessarily match Christian Woods by like a year. Um, and if they're wanting to, you know, be able to be flexible with the contracts that they're growing talent then that could be something although they do it um it looks as though he there is a team option for the 2022 and 2023 seasons so technically speaking they could pick up you know next year and then not um pick up for 2023 um so it, it could be a reasonable one but I, I guess it really depends on if the rockets want to bring him in um for the folks that are going out yeah, and, and that's the main thing is just you you, you, you got to have to – of course they're going to be doing this, seeing, you know, what the value is for a, a Victor Oladipo at this point. And I think 
uh, crazy as it may sound, these last three games probably be the most important games of whenever, you know, if Oladipo comes back tomorrow, which is still, he's still questionable, but these can be probably some of the most important games to determine where exactly Oladipo can go. Cause I know a lot of talk had been about Miami for a long time, but mm-hmm. you get to the point where does Miami even want to trade for a big Oladipo because they're struggling themselves and they may be looking to try to get a, a player more like a Zach Levine or a Bradley Beal instead of a, um, Victor Oladipo. So the trade market may not even be that robust for Victor Oladipo. Crazy enough, it may be more robust for PJ Tucker because of his salary and because of how he fits in uh, probably even better with a contended team. So I, I think um, it's probably going to be the right trade for Victor Oladipo, but you definitely don't want to lose Victor Oladipo um, at the end of the year and, and not have got anything in return for him. Yep, for sure. And speaking of Oladipo, um, Ezeku, who's at made in HTX underscore 91, asked, what is Depot's peak and floor value for a trade? And is it worth to attach a future pick for a productive young player? So I guess it depends on what you mean by productive young player. Because if you're attaching a pick, you're looking to get back a player like um, a Michael Porter Jr., um, a, a John Collins, a type of player like that, because if you're just getting more of a role player type that has the ability to maybe eventually become more, um, I think that's kind of risky when you start, you know, giving away some of your uh, future first round picks. Um, and like we were just saying with a previous question from David, um, I think it, it, it all kind of depends on if Odipo's able to come back at some point before the trade deadline and actually show that he can um, be a, a positive contributor because the last several games before he got hurt, unfortunately, he was a ne- negative player um, and he really wasn't doing too many positive things on the court. So I, I think it really is going to come down these last couple of weeks when he actually comes back to show uh, if his peak can go up because right now his trade value is probably the lowest it's been in uh, two or three years, even while he was injured, because it was still some thought that maybe he can come back and he'll be, you know, close to the old depot, the all-star old depot. But the last few weeks, his, his, um, his players made his trade value kind of tank, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think the one thing that's sort of similar to Tucker is that I could see teams potentially, especially since it will just be for the, until the end of the year, taking him up, you know, assuming that he could get better under their, you know, wing, um, since the Rockets are having issues, they could say like, hey, Depot has shown something and if it doesn't work, we can let him go or we can extend him at the end of the year or not extend, but um, offer him a new contract at the end of the year. So I do agree with you, though, um, Lashard, that it's definitely going to be a um, a tough haul to trade him, especially if he's not able to play until after the trade window um, closes. Uh, but I, I think there may be some opportunities, even with the rough um, issues that he's had on the court so far. Um, the next question that we have is from uh, Scola's hairband is the top three mystery <laughs> at Kate Kim, my beard. Uh, the question is, what do you make of the recent reports of Boogie being unhappy as a backup? All reports from Houston reflect him being truly professional in his role, and it seems he was aware that it would that he would or that it would be as a backup. 
role. Um, and as we mentioned in the previous segment, um, there was an update to some of that reporting that Tim McMahon said. Um, Boogie said that it was a, and I'm quoting, a God D lie um, <laughs> about Tim McMahon's reporting. But I think just in general, what are your thoughts about sort of like the rumors and then how the professionalism related to Cousins while he was playing for the Rockets? So as far as the rumors, I mean, yeah, I guess you can't get a better source than an actual person. Um, so I, I guess as far as the rumors, I don't know where Tim McMahon got that from. I'm sure he got it from an actual source. Now that source, I don't know where they got it from, but <laughs> you know, you see where DeMarcus Cousin was saying, you know, it was it was definitely a lie. So I guess we can kind of uh, take that as um, Cousins is not leaving because of that particular reason. But as far as his uh, professionalism. Um, I mean, as far as I can see and everything I've heard from every player and coach and um, everybody in the organization, he's been great. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, concern with that, you know, in the past with Cousins as far as him being a, a person that can't get along in a locker room. And, and, you know, he kind of destroys team chemistry. But as far as with the Rockets, he's everything I've heard, he's been great. He's been great with the rookies. He's been great with Christian Wood. Um, and I think that's a big reason why they guaranteed his contract because they appreciate how he came in. And I mean, you got to remember Cousins was out for an entire year. He's had multiple major injuries the last several years. So to be able to play as much as he had uh, played up until this point, um, I think the Rockets definitely appreciated that. And you can, like I said, you can see in them giving him that contract, a uh, guaranteed contract before they waive him. Yeah, and I think the other thing too, um, just to piggyback on your point, Cousins hasn't really had any issues since he left Sacramento, yeah. and a lot of those, you know, that speculation. And of course, he was like rowdy on the court, but there's a lot of players who do that. But a lot of that was based on an announcer who's no longer associated with the <laughs> Kings. Yeah. So I think. I, and um, I, and I'm not ignoring that he did have an off a court issue, and I think that was absolutely disgusting. I mentioned it before um, right. on the show when he was um, brought in, but he hasn't had any on court or basketball related issues since his time in the at the Kings. And since then, he has. It sounds as though he has been a really good um, teammate and a person. So um, I'm not. Once again, I don't want to ignore. He had issues and he had a recent off well relatively recent off the court you know situation but i think it's not i think there isn't any indication anymore that he is not being professional if that's if that makes sense um the next question that we have is from des from um he's actually uh, one of the founders of apollo media which we just joined uh he is at um apollo des one with the second half of the season looming, what should we look forward to as fans outside of Christian Wood returning? And so I think that kind of goes back to our previous point where we were um, talking about uh, Kevin Porter Jr. and Kenyon Martin Jr. I think that's the biggest thing to look forward to um, because as you see their play in the G League, they're definitely better than pretty much majority of the players that they're playing against in the G League. And they're and even when um, Kenyon Martin Jr. was up in, with the Rockets, you could see his potential and, and he, you know, his path to becoming a really good player. 
And I think those two players are really uh, something Rockets fans should be looking forward to in the second half of the season because I think both players, especially Kevin Porter Jr., are going to be uh, major rotational players for the Rockets, and Kevin Porter Jr. may even be something bigger than a rotational player. So I think that's definitely something to look forward to. And who knows um, what trades they can make for Victor Oladipo or Eric Gordon or P.J. Tucker. You may be able to bring in a John Collins, who I know is not a huge name that everybody knows, but to me he's the type of player that can be with play, uh, play alongside Christian Wood for the next uh, five to seven years and um, both be all-star type players. So um, it's definitely stuff to look forward to. Um, it's kind of an unknown thing going on right now because we don't know when they're going to bring up those two players from the G League. We don't know who they're going to trade for, but we do know it's going to be some type of activity because um, even Rafael Stone has already said that they're going to be um, active around the trade deadline um, if it makes sense, which at this point it definitely makes sense. Um, so one way or another, there's going to be a honestly probably a totally different roster than what you're seeing right now. Yeah. And actually to answer one of the other questions that we got from Forrest Walker at do not um, friend of the show, uh, his question is how cool is Tate? Um, feel free to be hyperbolic. Um, that actually answers my questions that I yes. love um, LaShawn Tate and he is definitely someone that fans should look forward to um, at for the second half of the season. I'm pretty sure that the Rockets aren't going to trade him, so he's going to be a familiar face as some of the other faces of the team sort of rotate, um, or at least we're expecting for them to rotate. And it's just, I think um, Tate has just been a phenomenal presence, even through this eight-game losing streak. He has consistently been, you know, a dog on the team. He yeah. has shown defensive improvement even beyond what was seen. I mean, he was seen as a defensive negative um, when he was last year when he was playing um, in the NBL in Australia. But now he has, you know, something probably clicked during those couple of years out, you know, before he came to the NBA and he's just been, you know, a star. So I think um, Tate is definitely my thought as, or my favorite as to someone to look forward to in the second half of the season. Yeah. And it, that's definitely a good point. Cause he's been, he's been really good all year, him, Nawaba, Sterling Brown. So those are definitely other players that actually already own the roster. They're definitely, you, no matter what, like they were saying on the broadcast last night, and like Coach Salas said, they're always going to play hard, whether they're down 30 or up 30. So they're definitely players to look forward to uh, in the second half as well. Yep. And the final question that we have is from Theo B from the Bodrick and Brown ho or Hoops Up and Down podcast. Um, he is at Theo3PTB. Um, uh he wants to know, or he wants us to talk up Justin Patton because um, he, Justin Patton's actually uh, uh, from the same town that Theo is from. Yeah, and I have no problem doing this because uh, even before he came, uh, just looking at some of his highlights, he's definitely the type of player um, the Rockets will need coming off their their bench, and actually, he may be he may be starting here soon, depending on if they do bring in another big man or not, because. I think in certain times the Rockets want Christian Wood at power forward, not necessarily always playing center. But I mean, just last night he had, you know, several blocks. Um, he had, you could definitely tell he's 
a, a lot more mobile than what the Rockets are used to. He can play above the rim. Um, even though he didn't hit um, shots from outside uh, last night, but in the in the G League up until that point, he he was able to hit the corner three. So he's definitely a player at six eleven that the Rockets haven't had in a long time. A mobile big man, um, probably since um, probably since Clint Capella. I mean, I know Christian Wood has been playing center, but um, Justin Patton is more of a traditional has more of a traditional body, a center body that can you know bang with the bigger centers in the league like the Joel Embiid's or the Jokic's or players like that. So um, I think he can definitely stick on the on the roster. And honestly, I think he he'll probably get signed for the rest of the year if he keeps playing like he did last night. Yeah, and just to state his stats, he had four points, uh, six rebounds, and three blocks. Yeah. Uh, and 21 minutes of time and he was a t or he tied for team best plus eight you know considering that they lost by 20 that's that's not too bad um but i agree with you i I think that he definitely has room to grow um but i do see a lot of potential in him and i think um you know we mentioned you know a few players but i think in general yes the team probably won't have the best um you know, second half of the season per se, you know, depending on who they bring in. But I do think that there is an opportunity for a lot of growth and we have a lot of young players to be excited for regardless of what happens. And hopefully we'll see a few of them or several of them because I think there is a potential for Tate, Nawaba, and if, although Nawaba may leave after the season, but he's he's probably going to be staying sticking around unless he requests a trade. And a few others should definitely have success beyond this season. Um, I think everyone should just take this as a transition year regardless of how the final um, – are the final standings are um, at the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. And, and as we wrap up the, today's show, I, yeah, I definitely want to kind of echo that, that. I know it's a struggle right now. I know people are so used to when James Harden was here, the Rockets being one of the better teams year in, year out. Um, but you have to just kind of factor in everything that's happened, um, kind of look at the bigger picture, all the draft picks the Rockets have, um, the young and upcoming star in Christian Wood, um, the possibility with trades that they can still make, um, the players that they have in the G League they can still bring up. Um, so it may look like a really, really down year this year, which it has been so far, but there's still plenty of good things that can possibly happen this year and definitely in the next year or two. Um, I kind of think, I think they have the right people in place and Rafael Stone and, and Coach Silas. So um, I think it's just like you said, the, the key word for today is patience. So <laughs> I just think everybody needs to be patient and focus on what's coming forward and not necessarily what has already happened and better days are to come for the Rockets. Um, um, But before we wrap it up also, I want to also bring back up again to make sure that you go out and uh, check out the Apollo media uh, site on Twitter. Um, Also Apollo Houston site on online and donate um, there's several different ways you can donate. They also have the huge event coming up on Saturday. And as I'm reading this, I see a message from Apollo Media where they've already raised over $3,100 already in just a couple of days, which is um, which is huge, which is a very big deal. And all this money is going directly to people in need um, after the winter storms that just happened. So that's definitely a, a huge deal, a great thing. And remember, they have the big, huge 24-hour um, live 
uh, streaming event coming up this weekend that's going to raise even more money, and they're going to have a lot of special guests, a lot of people that you actually do know, and you're definitely going to be excited to uh, see and hear from them this weekend. So definitely keep that in mind, and definitely if you can donate, please do. Even if you can't, try to help us get the word out. Uh, it's definitely for a good cause. Um, and again, as always, thank you, Britt, for joining me. It's been great. It's been a while since we talked about the Rockets, and even though it it's not all great and uh, good news happening right now. It's still good to you know, talk basketball with you. Yeah, for sure. And just to echo, you can go to ApolloHOU.com if you want to donate or more or want more information about the live, the 24-hour live stream that's happening on this weekend, which is February 27th, in case you listen to this afterwards and realize that, or after Saturday, and you realize that there isn't a live stream. So yes. <laughs> February 27th, there will be a live stream. Um, after that, um, just go ahead and donate um, to ApolloHOU.com. All right. And that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow at ApolloHOU on Twitter for blogs, merch, video, podcast, and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else. As always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you back for our next episode of Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media on the Apollo Podcast Network.